episode. Hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Not much, man. You know what? I want to change things up here. You always ask me how yeah. I'm doing. Sure, yeah. That's really selfish. Oh, no. Right? I, I just feel care selfish. about you, buddy. No, I, and I care about you. How are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, it was, uh, it was a rough week. Because uh, one of my musical heroes passed away. Oh. So we need to take a moment, pay a little respect to Neil Peart, drummer of Rush, and fan, you know, one of the best, if not the best drummers of all time. Fantastic lyricist. Fascinating cat. But uh, it's one of those where, like, you ever have, like, if you had to think about it, like, when a musical hero died, like, the last one I can think about was Stevie Ray when he went down in that helicopter crash. Like, I remember where I was, and it was an impact, you know? So you ever have that? I will say this, um... Not to be cliche, but when uh, when when Biggie passed, I yeah. thought that, that was that was, uh, was I remember thing. that. Yeah, I remember that. It was a it was a sad day at the house. I was living with a couple of guys, and it was a day that I remember. It, right. it really stuck out, and it's like uh, it was a, it was a day. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're you're feeling yeah, that you way. Know, just pay a little respect to these Absolutely. cats. But you know what? We got a show to do. We do. So let's get into it. So together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks in the timeless but sometimes not so well-known songs they sampled from. Toe, we, we just heard it. What, what were we listening to today? We are listening to one of the best-selling artists of our generation. This man has a great voice and definitely has a knack for getting people in the seats at his concerts. We are talking about none other than Mr. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Yes, the, uh, well, you know, we thought that we had touched on something with the Jonas Brothers, but apparently <laughs> producer Isabel is an even bigger fan of... Of Mr. Ed Sheeran. True so, story. Yeah. True story. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? You know, and I'm, I'm beginning to think she is, like, liking us, like, more and more. Less and less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more we talk, yeah. <laughs> that, too. So why don't we hop into the DeLorean and see what track was sampled to make this hit. Rewind. <laughs> Brings back memories, don't it? No. <laughs> I don't I don't want no. Uh, don't be this guy. Don't be this guy. Not this dude. On his behind. On his behind. <laughs> it's a family show. We can't say the other thing, so we'll say behind. Behind. <laughs> All right, my man, please tell the people what we are listening to. Well, this track that we are playing is called No Scrubs by none other than the fantabulous TLC. They broke the mold with this group, Joe. They broke they the mold. It's true. It's going to be a ton of fun talking about them. Can't well, wait. In preparation for this episode, you mentioned the, you know, the company you work for uses a lot of acronyms, right? Oh, my God. So many. So let me, let me give you a couple. Oh, okay? okay. Let me give you a couple. You didn't ask for this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Lay it on Okay. Me. PGB, mm. AGM, okay. LLR, uh, ASL. Oh I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. Buddy, I have no idea what any of those mean. I, You know what? I feel like we are inundated with SAA all the time. I, now, that's one I didn't say in that list. Oh, what, uh, what, is, just, what does that mean? What's SAA? Oh, SAA. Uh, superfluous acronym abuse. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I just made that one up. Well, in fact, with all the bad band names, and we've, we've heard a ton, and we've discussed them on the show, but I'm surprised that more acronyms have not been used for musical groups and song titles, although now I feel like people just take out letters. They're like... <laughs> D-N-C-E, or, yeah, whatever. Right. It's like a bad game of Scrabble, it's right? right. 
So maybe we'll get into that in bonus material. But in the meantime, can you give us a little bit of history about TLC, a group that has proven to be one of the best-selling all-female bands of all time? Absolutely. So TLC is the brainchild of a Georgia record producer named Ian Burke and one of his clients by the name of Crystal Jones. Ian Burke has a certified eye for talent. Certified? Okay. That's a, that's a bold statement. What makes you say that? Okay, now th- there are many reasons, yeah. Joe. Okay. okay, there are many reasons. We don't have time for all of the reasons. Mm. I'm going to give you three. Okay. And here's the first. Go back to whence you came. My family tree, my family life. For some strange reason, it had to be. Okay. So this is the hit song Tennessee from the Grammy Award-winning and socially conscious hip-hop group Arrested Development from back in 1992. Back in the day. Back in the day. So Ian Burke also managed the group responsible for this track. I made it through another, you can't act for mm-hmm. nothing much more. It's outcast, but the books I thought you knew, so now you know. Let's go. Man. That's a good track. Ooh, a good come track. on. <laughs> Please don't tell me. You got you to gotta be feeling this. This is funky. Yeah. It's hip hop. Oh, come yeah. on. I, come on. This is my jam. Mm. Okay. Well, this is Outkast's hit single, Player's Ball, from the debut album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music, released in 94. Ian Berg is far from a one-hit wonder maker. He also signed R&B group Escape and Mr. Escape. Oh, my God. Just kick it, man. Well, we're, yeah, we're going to get on. into them. And Mr. Too. Whew. I didn't know it before, but I'm a huge fan of this man's tastes in artists and who he signed. Most definitely. So Ian came up with the idea of creating an all-female, sort of tomboyish group similar to Belle Biv DeVoe. Yes! Okay, I, I can tell by that reaction that this is, this is an image you can get behind. You darn straight, man. If I were running for president right now, I, I would say this. I Please su- run for president I- right now. Please. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. You're, you're, you're off the chain. You're off the chain. If I'm running for president right now, I would definitely say I support this message. Jones searched for more girls to fill out the ranks and came up with Tion Watkins and Lisa Lopez. Watkins had moved to Atlanta with her family at a young age, while Lisa moved to the area more recently from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Philly. Well, Jones, Watkins, and Lopez began putting together songs for a demo with producer Jermaine Dupree. Mm -hmm. At the time, the group went by the name Second Nature. As fate would have it, a connection through the hair salon that Tian worked at gave the group an opportunity to audition in front of Pebbles Reed. You mean this Pebbles? You're not going to play some Flintstones, are you? (laughs) Okay, good. Yes, yes, this is the Pebbles. Love the little dog bark in there, back. man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Yes, this is Pebbles, and this is her hit song, Girlfriend, from her self-titled debut album in 1987. Well, the song brings back a lot of memories, and it makes perfect sense. It was number one on the R&B charts. Pebbles was an artist who, off the strength of her success, created a management company called Pebbletone. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. We, we talked about bad names. This yeah, is not this a good one. This is not one. a good this one. This is not Pebbletone. Stop Pebbletone. It. I don't even Stop know what that it. means. Stop it. So Pebbles liked the audition and renamed the group TLC. She then arranged for the group to have another audition with super production group LaFace 
Records. Which just so happened to be run by L.A. Reid, Pebble's husband, mm-hmm. and R&B sensation Babyface, who's actually a cat we should do an episode on. Always coming. We could talk for like hours about that guy. For sure. The audition went well, but Reid thought that Crystal Jones should be replaced. So Pebbles found Rosanda Thomas, who was a background dancer for R&B group Damien Dame. That's right. That's right. So Pebbles used the first name of each of the girls, with the exception of Thomas, to create an an acronym. Since Crystal was the original C, it appears that they just gave Rosanda the nickname Chili mm. to make sure just that the make acronym. It up. Yeah, just make it up. Hey, if you can't you, fix it. Feature it. What do you? What did you eat last night? Chili. Hey, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. To make sure the acronym still works. So the female trio started off singing backup on a track called "You Said" from Jermaine Jackson's album of the same name. Um. So usually this is where we listen to the song. I don't I don't see it listed. Here's one of the tracks that we gave Eric to play. So what's what's going on here? Yeah, there, there, there's a reason for that, Joe. Hmm. There's a reason because you know I care about you oh. as a friend. Uh, let me is, let I'm me say this. Very cared for this episode, should, by the way. You should. I wanted to save your ears. Oh. Okay. <laughs> listen, hearing the song you said, it was very clear to me by the second chorus that I didn't care what he said. Or what she said, the song can burn Whoa. with Cheryl's She Shed. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. I, I, and I mean that. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. will not go back and look this one up then. <laughs> well. Insurance joke, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, this was not an indication of the songs to come. Mm-hmm. TLC's debut album titled Ooh on the TLC tip. I didn't know how long I needed to draw that out because there was a lot of oohs. It was like, oh, is that, this, is going down, this is going down a very dark path. I think you did it perfect, path. buddy. I love it. Love it. All right. Anyway, that came out in February of 1992. So let's take a listen to their first single released on November 9th, 1991, titled Ain't Two, the number two, Proud to Beg. <laughs> you don't want to get confused with the temps here. Right, right, right. Of course. This was my jam. Yeah. Remember the video and everything. I was like, man, these girls got it. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite? You had a favorite. I'm going to plead the fifth on that Are one. Are you? Okay. I don't want to get in trouble. All right. Well, so be it. So be it. Well, it's a great song, and apparently I wasn't the only one who enjoyed it. Okay, it was left eye. Fine. <laughs> Jeez. Why you give me that look? Ah, that came out of nowhere. I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to find out later, but that's fine. You want to talk about it now? Yeah, everybody. Okay, (laughs) cool. Good God. All right, well, apparently Joe and I weren't the only ones that uh, loved that song and this group. It peaked at number six on the Billboard 100 and number two on the hot R&B and hip-hop singles charts. Well, their second single showed why a lot of critics said that they had the makings of the perfect group. Each member contributed in their own style, whether it was funk, R&B, or rap. They all put those styles in a pot, and they blended it all up. So I totally agree. And their second single illustrates the softer side of the group. This song is called Baby, Baby, Baby. Let's take a listen. But you gotta be down, gotta be true. this Mm-hmm. So you got the Toby two-step. Mm, that's right. Quiet storms are coming. (laughs) I gotta go. Well, the album went quadruple platinum 
And their success didn't stop there. TLC's second LP was entitled Crazy Sexy Cool. Mm-hmm. It was released on November 15th in 94 and spent two years on the charts. Two years, dog. Two years, right. Two years. And obviously the album was, was named for you. So <laughs> it had several singles that blazed the charts, including this classic. Yeah. Man, this is such a great song, but yes, there are so many jokes about it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So I, can, I almost can't hear it anymore without just chuckling. <laughs> without thinking about the, some of the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Waterfalls was the third single from Crazy Sexy Cool. It spent seven weeks, seven weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I do remember this video and not being able to go anywhere without hearing this song. For sure. It definitely was an international hit. It was nominated for a couple of Grammys, including Record of the Year and Best Pop Performance with Vocal. So the reason why I think that this song sticks out and has, you know, it really has to do with a lot of the topics that were discussed on the track. So they talk about drugs as well as HIV. Mm-hmm. You know, topics that were important back then and still prove to be very important topics today. Yeah, very much so. The other singles were Creep, yep. Digging on You, yep. and Red Light Special. Woo-hoo! Yeah. And yeah, that's, there we go. that is definitely on the Quiet Storm mixtape. Okay. <laughs> So that video was something else, let me tell you. And if that song isn't on the Quiet Storm mixtape, it's definitely on the honorable mention list for sure. Now, things were seemingly going— There was a side B, right? So well, there's got to yeah. be a side B. You know that. <laughs> you know that. And a side C and D. Yeah, if you, if you exactly. Talk, Continuous point. Exactly, exactly. So things were seemingly going well despite several issues that were happening behind the scenes. Watkins had health issues, and Lopez had substance abuse issues mm-hmm. that resulted in an incident involving arson. <coughs> Andre Risen. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, well, that's all true. But there were some good things that also happened. Right. Both Thomas and Watkins were featured in movies. While yes. Lopez, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> no, seriously, man, these were good movies. It's Have Plenty, and there's also Belly, which we've also talked about yeah, yeah. on this show several times. Have Plenty is one of my favorite movies of okay. that time. Very similar to like a, a Chasing Amy-ish ah. or whatever. And then Belly is just like your your gangster movie. Right. I mean, that that's, that's come on. That's in your wheelhouse. Uh, that's right. It's right gotcha. there. Go ahead. Lopez started a production company and hosted an MTV talent series called The Cut. The Cut. So let's move on to TLC's third album, which contains our first featured track. So TLC's third album was entitled Fan Mail and was released on February 23rd in 99. It went six times platinum in the U.S. and sold 14 million copies worldwide. The lead single was our feature track, No Scrubs. Let's take a listen to that again. You know, this this kind of song, listening to the words, it really just made you, like, reevaluate your personal resume. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not right. you were a scrub or not. Right. Because it, and where it, did you land, Tony? Well, I mean, I'm here. You're I'm no just, scrub. I know this. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, TLC kept tackling real issues on this album, too, including the number one hit, Unpretty. So let's give that one a spin. At the end. Another good message on this song, right? Yeah, you know, they really leaned into um, 
sort of the empowerment of women, right? Mm -hmm. I think that was, they were, they were pioneers in that department as well. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Fan Mail was nominated for eight Grammy Awards and won Best R&B Album, Best R&B Song, and Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group. Unfortunately, TLC experienced tragedy on April 25, 2002, when Lopez was killed in a car crash in Honduras. Very sad, but we still celebrate her through her music. And with that being said, I believe it's time to move on to our second feature track. Joe, can you do the honors and tell us a little bit more about Ed Sheeran? Edward Christopher Sheeran was born on February 17, 1991 in Halifax, West Yorkshire, England. He grew up singing in the church choir starting at the age of four, which four. I don't know what you're doing at four, but singing in the, I wasn't nah, singing I wasn't in the singing. choir. I'll tell you that. And then he began playing guitar in primary school. So this is not a huge surprise, but mm -hmm. he was voted most likely to be famous in high school. That's all right. Well, that might be because he started making records at the ripe age of 13. Goodness. Now, so my question is, Ed, what took you so long? You, you've yeah, been you singing started since four. four. Come on, buddy. <laughs> So here's a quote from him about that first release. In 2004, I made my first album, Spinning Man, named after a picture that my dad had. I burnt the CDs myself and made the covers. Been there. There were 14 songs, and they were all songs that rhymed. One lyric went, I'm a typical average teen, if you know what I mean. Sure. I could just go on from there, but I'm not. <laughs> so there are probably 20 copies of Spinning Man in existence, and I have 19 of them. Mm. I don't want anyone else to get a hold of a copy. Most of the songs were about a girl named Claire. Aww. She was my first love when I was 13. Aww. It was very innocent. It was a very innocent love, and we only ever held hands. And then came my first <gasps> devastating no, breakup. Say it ain't so. I'm telling you. Looking back, it really wasn't that bad, but at the time, <laughs> at the time, at the time, it was soul shattering. When she left me, I wrote a lot of songs off the back of it, my first love songs. So I know he said he didn't want anyone to get a hold of a copy, but mm -hmm. uh, guess who's got one? Who, who, who are you talking about? That'd be me. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I thought you said TMZ. I have, oh yeah. <laughs> the one copy that made it out of Ed's trunk. Is and, that right? And we cannot pass up the opportunity to hear that classic track. Average teen. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, Claire. He's, he's Claire, still, you inspired he's this. Still writing hooks, though. At 13. That's all right. Good for you, man. Good for you, buddy. So he continued to hone his craft and released a series of EPs on YouTube, including number five collaborations project in January of 2011. It featured a number of grime artists, which Sharon has specifically cited as influencing his own music. So here's a quote talking more about that grime style. I'm always being introduced to new people that are really good. Being a songwriter myself, I love the way they put lyrics together. If, if you listen to Get's flow, it's, it's not necessarily like four bar, four bar, four bar. He'll do a two and a half bar rhyme and then stop and go into something else. And me as a songwriter, that sort of fascinated me. Like, how can you get away with that? That really interested me, and so I started writing songs a bit more like that, lyrically. He specifically mentioned Getz, so let's hear one of his tracks that demonstrates his flow. This is Man Like Me from his 2014 album, Rebel With A Cause. Unpredictable. I don't trust anyone, so I 
Dig this track. It's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. So the number five collaborations project also featured a collab with grime pioneer Wiley. So let's listen to the track off of that. You. No one there to help you pay, now you're gonna moan. No one there to save the day, now you're all alone. Wish I was born with a golden spoon in my mouth. Fact is I wasn't, so I'm coming from a colder zone. When the sun falls down, I'll be up again and never close. You know what, it, this, this really just goes to prove that Listening to enough of Ed's music and his writing, like yeah. looking at the lyrics, like I knew that, that he, he listened to hip hop. Absolutely. Like I knew he the listened he, to hip hop. Yeah. yeah, the way he, 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 his diction, his flow. Yep. It's dope to have that confirmed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, number five collaborations project sold over 7,000 copies in the first week. 7,000, man, it's not bad. Not bad for an independent project, right? Right. You know, so. Not bad for project. Right. And charted at number two on iTunes, all without any label deal or promotion. It's crazy. So, Ed then decided, hey, I'm going to put on a free show at a bar in London. And over 1,000 fans showed up. Man. Fire hazard. Yeah, I right. know that's what you're thinking. Yeah, well, don't worry. He broke it up and he did four shows, including one outside the bar. So, needless to say, labels kind of started paying attention. Right. And then he signed with Asylum Records three months later. So Sharon's debut single, The A-Team, was released in 2011 and steadily rose up the charts in the U.S. throughout 2012, peaking at number 76. So thematically, this is a pretty heavy track. It was written after he had visited a homeless shelter, which was an eye-opening experience. The song's title is a veiled reference to heroin and other Class A drugs. And Sharon intentionally crafted the upbeat music to mask the heavy subject matter of the lyrics. Let's take a listen. Her face seems slowly sinking, wasting, crumbling like pastries. They scream the worst things in life. Come so said that there's that flow again. Yeah. Under the upper hand, I'm going mad for a couple grams. And she don't want to go outside. But I also think you could take a ton of hip hop tunes with an acoustic guitar and they would sound amazing, right? You you can absolutely, and there have been and you see YouTube videos out there that people actually do that. Yeah, you know, right. uh, I agree. You're absolutely right. But I think that he did it intentionally. Generally, you're going back to hip. Some of those right. guys are going back to. He's right. starting off that way, yeah. right? So it was, you know, that song, which is a great song, A Team. It was nominated for a Song of the Year Grammy, and Ed even got to perform the song on the show with Elton John. Which there's. A, crazy story about that. So Elton had been pushing the show's producers to have Ed on the show perform, but they pushed back saying, look, this this cat's not famous enough. So Elton said, okay, all right, fine. How about I perform with him? So yeah, I guess it'd be kind of cool to have a legend like that in, you your, think? in your corner. I mean, just to have, <laughs> to have Elton say, hey, put him on the show right. is enough. And they're like, no. And then, to, and then to back you up like that, that's awesome. So Ed Sharon's debut album, plus was released in 2011, contains many tracks from his previous EPs. The third single, Lego House, hit multiple charts, including number six on the U.S. Hot Rock Songs. Let's hear that. And I keep you sheltered from the storm that's raging on now. I'm out of touch, I'm out of love. I love my Legos, I'm just saying. I love my Legos. <laughs> Other people say Lego my ego. I say Lego my Lego. Yeah. <laughs> well That's done. what I say. Well done, my friend. <laughs> well, in 2012, another legend contacted him and wanted to collaborate. Taylor Swift. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was touring Australia, heard his work, and was like, hey, you want to come open for me on the Red Tour? 
That's that's a nice invitation. That's a good. Im- I I would I would <laughs> that's respond. That's a nice invitation. I would check the yes box. Oh, on that for one. sure. Be your best friend. Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. So now he's playing for more than a thousand fans. I mean, that we can agree to that for sure. Yeah. And that certainly helped the success of his second album, 2014's Multiply. It reached number one in 15 countries, and the lead single, Sing, was his first UK number one. Let's hear that. That falsetto boy, go and get it. Yeah. Is this? Is he? Is he doing hammer right here? Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing. Can't test this. Right. Like. Can't test this. <laughs> well, Can't he worked with. This. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. We got a show to do. Can't test yeah, this. Yeah, that was coming. Well, he worked with Pharrell on this track, and you can clearly hear that influence. And he was also. I think you can hear this too, trying to channel his inner Justin Timberlake, right? Just with that falsetto sure, and sure. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, the second single from Multiply is the song Don't. Now, he probably needs to multiply the number of words sing, using song don't. titles. Like, should I sing? Should <laughs> I not? I don't know anymore. Stop, right? <laughs> <laughs> or again, the second single from Multiply is the song Don't, and it became his first top 10 U.S. single. Now, there are rumors Uh-oh. about who the subject oh, matter boy. of the song mm-hmm. is, okay? And with most people thinking it was Ellie Goulding. Yeah. Now, one thing for sure, that it, it's not about... T Swift. It, it ain't about not. Taylor. It's not about her. It has definitely shot down that rumor. Let's hear don't. She told me I was never looking for a friend. I bet you Isabel could tell us. <laughs> might be about Isabel. <laughs> it might be. Don't. Just don't. So you can hear that little interpolation of the 2000 track, Don't Mess With My Man mm-hmm. by Lucy Pearl. You remember Lucy Pearl? Oh, do I Come ever. on, buddy. You're talking about Raphael Sadiq from Tony, Tony, Tony. Yes, sir. Ali Shaheed Muhammad yes. from A Tribe Called Quest. And I know one of your favorites, <sighs> Don Robinson mm. from En Vogue. Yes. Talk about a super group. Yeah, and and let's not forget D'Angelo also backed out of the group due to scheduling conflicts. Listen, so I got one word for there, right? This just this, stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. This yeah. would that would have been that the group been. of all groups. Uh, well, oh my god! Let's hear what they did create. Don't mess with my man. Mm. Get it done. I remember this video. Yes. Why are you moving right now? <laughs> Because I remember this video. Joe's doing a two-step right now. (laughs) Go ahead, Joe. So the third single off of Multiply, Thinking Out Loud, won the Grammy for Song of the Year and another for Best Pop Solo Performance. It peaked at number two on the Hot 100 and went diamond. 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 Hmm. That's over 10 million copies sold. It's just, uh, you need more than a thousand fans to, to, you to do, do that, yes. right? You need to tour with T Swift. Seriously, let's listen to that. Well, me, I fall in love with you every single day. And I just want to tell you I am. song sounds, I like it. So honey, sounds, sounds a little familiar, though. A little right? bit. I love it, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is where we started to get into 
well, let's just say legal copyright troubles for Mr. Sheeran. He was sued by the estate of Marvin Gaye for $100 million Mm. as they found too many similarities in the composition to his, well, to Marvin's 1973 chart topper, Let's Get It On. Imagine that. Imagine. I can't hear any similarities between the two songs. Not at all. They're crazy. Ed's legal team would argue that Thinking Out Loud features a somber, melancholic tones addressing long-lasting romantic love, Mm -hmm. whereas Let's Get It On is a sexual anthem. That it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Remember the purple right there drink, in the right? Title. <laughs> right. Of that's course. right. That's right. Remember the video. Well, okay. There's no denying the similarities in the song structure, but I'll tell you what. Why don't we hear them both together? When your legs don't work like they used to. Wow. Mm-hmm. Come on, Ed. <laughs> Come on, Ed. <laughs> Come on, Ed. You know what it reminds me of? If you ever played like uh, dodgeball, yeah, in, in back in school, when you know you I've hit, I've tried to block out those, it, and you hit like Elliot on the oh, leg, yeah. and Elliot's like, "No, you didn't no, hit you me." Didn't like, get me. yes, I did, Elliot, right there. There's a red mark right There's on red- your thigh. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell she's wearing those little tight shorts. <laughs> I don't care how Silly. high you pull up those tube exactly. socks. I can still see the mark. Stop it. Stop it. So the lawsuit is still in limbo as a judge stated they would wait for the retrial of Stairway to Heaven suit to finish before making a determination. Now, that's a crazy one, but it seemed to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Turns out that there's quite a hubbub about Ooh, that iconic I like, song. I like your use of the word hubbub. Hubbub. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so the band Spirit had a song on their debut album called Torres. So let's give that one a spin and tell me what you think, Tobe. Yeah, this... Why are we even arguing? Because I've heard this before. Yeah. We've had this conversation. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, they would never do that. What are you talking about? And then I hear it, I was like, oh, my God, they definitely did that. Yeah. I mean, there are parts there that I don't think you'd be allowed to play a guitar no, center. No, no stairway. <laughs> so there are definitely some similarities to, to Stairway in Heaven. That's, that's for sure. Well... What's even more interesting is that Led Zeppelin's first American tour in 1968 had dates with Spirit. They toured together. And Zeppelin even covered a Spirit song in their set. So Jimmy Page was definitely familiar with that Torres track. So legally, we get into some strange waters. So Zeppelin won the first trial as a judge ruled that the jury could only see the deposit copy or basic sheet music of the two songs. Now, they didn't even listen to the tunes. And I wonder if the jury could even read music at that time. I mean, yeah, they're just looking at charts, like come on, chord charts, stop right? It, You're not stop even it. listening to it. I don't know. Well, the ruling was recently overturned, and a new trial was ordered, this time to be heard by a panel of 11 judges who will, I don't know, actually listen to the songs. <laughs> Imagine that. And, you know, just to be clear here, the band Spirit, they're not looking to cash in on the $550 million that Stairway to Heaven has already generated. They are honestly just looking for a writing credit for a guitarist, Randy California, who is now deceased, Mm. and, and basically a chance at future earnings. So the Thinking Out Loud verdict hinges somewhat on the outcome of the Stairway to Heaven retrial. Joe, what are your thoughts on all of this? I'm I'm, I'm curious. Oh, boy. Um, Well, I'm going to skip over these specific incidents, and I'm just going to say that, man, it's tough to be an artist right now. Hmm. Because 
look, there's only so many chords. There's popular music. Pop music is that way for a reason because we write things that people sound fam- that sounds familiar, and people are like, "Oh, I dig that." And I don't think that a lot of these artists are intentionally going out and stealing stuff. I think it's just at some point you're going to land on them. I mean, I listen to stuff all the time, like that new song from Taylor Swift, "Lover." Mm-hmm. It is a to me, it is a blatant ripoff of Mazzy Stars "Fading to You." Like, mm-hmm. I first heard it, and I was like, oh, she must have sampled this and given a writing credit, but she didn't. So this happens, like, all over the place, and I don't get where we draw the lines, I guess. We need to draw them quickly, the lines, that is, and we need to make it economic. I, 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 want, the, I want the best song using that sample to come out or using mm. those things. I, I mean, if everyone has access to it, if you have access to it, and you, you know, and I only, I'm not the only one who has access to it just because I have, a, a, you know, deep pockets. I think the best song will be created and let the fans decide on what's what. You know, huh. that, that's my opinion on it. I, yeah, I just worry that, I mean, you're writing songs, right? So are you supposed to, like, go through, I don't know, it's just, we're on a slippery slope, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the last single from Multiply also got Ed into some hot water legally again. More hot water? More hot water. Let's listen to the song Photograph. Let's do it. So you can keep me inside the pocket of your ripped jeans, holding me close until our eyes meet. You won't. Oh, it's interesting that you're just humming right along to that uh, mm-hmm. melody there. Because I would like you now to take a listen to UK X Factor Season 7 winner Matt Cardle and his 2011 song, Amazing. How did you find me? It came out of nowhere like lightning. Wow. It's kind of Come on, Ed. <laughs> Come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. <laughs> and here's what I'll say, Joe. Because your point has been... Yeah that you don't think that they're intentionally doing this. This one I think is. I don't think thinking out loud, I don't think that was intentional. I think that's a very common chord progression. And if you're playing it and you're coming up with a melody, you might just sort of... Change it? Yes. <laughs> I agree. You would change it. I would change Just because of this argument we're having right oh, now, this man. discussion, you would change it. So, yeah, it's it's kind of the same. That's what that's what it looks like to me. That's what it sounds and feels like. Well, okay. So they're they're definitely the same, which is what the songwriters Martin Harrington and Thomas Leonard thought as well. So what do they do? They sued, which resulted in a private settlement mm-hmm. and no admission of guilt on Ed Sheeran's part. So maybe we should take a break from the legal drama. Let's fast forward to 2015 and listen to the Justin Bieber song co-written by Sharon and Bieber, Love Yourself. And I've been so caught up in my job, didn't see what's going on, but now I know. I mean, Ed's kind of like Taylor. He just writes the same song a lot. He's been hurt a lot, man. He's been hurt. Yeah. Well, I was talking musically, but... Oh, well, that too. <laughs> Actually, I like this song. It was, it was, it was cheeky. Yeah. Well, look, I, we're giving it a little bit of grief, but there's no question that Ed Sheeran is a talented songwriter and sought after for collaborations by many artists. Let's jump to our second feature track, Shape of You, off of his 2017 album, Divide. This was co-written with Johnny McDade from Snow Patrol and producer Steve Mack. Let's give it another spin. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like a magnet do. Although my heart is falling too. I'm in love with your body. Last night you were 
So now, before everyone gets up in arms about, I was about to. Ed's healing from another artist, in this case... I have a pitchfork in my hand. I know. I see it, buddy. <laughs> I, see, I don't even know where you bought that thing. I don't know how you got it in this studio. It's in my back pocket. Oh, well, no. You got a big pocket, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so in this case, TLC, uh, it, allegedly they were already in negotiations for licensing and credit before the song was even released. Though it wasn't until after release that writing credits were given to Candy Burris, Tamika Cottle from Escape, along with Kevin Briggs. Well, what we can prove is that this song was a smash hit. It debuted at number one and won the Grammy for Best Solo Pop Performance. In 2017 is also when Ed kicked off his two-and-a-half-year tour that ended in August of 2019. Now, guess how much money hmm. he made. Well, okay, you're asking me the question, so it's got to be a lot. I, it really all depends on perspective. Like, okay. it's, all, it's all about perspective. All I right, mean, lay it, it on me. Let me he see. made $776 million. I want to know okay. what perspective you're coming from <laughs> where that's not a lot. Listen, <laughs> he, it's the highest grossing tour of Ooh. all time. Wow. 776. Well, well, that is not who I would have guessed is holding that distinction. And he's only 28. 28! The release of his latest album, Number Six Collaborations, in July of 2019, broke some more records. The debut single, I Don't Care, is a duet with Bieber that broke Spotify's single-day streaming record. It debuted with 10.9 million daily streams. 10.9. Well, yeah. Million. Num mm, more a lot. More. <laughs> well, number six collaborations is true to its name, featuring collabs with many artists, including Camila Cabello and Cardi B on the track South of the Border. But I love when an artist gets to work with one of their own influences. Mm. So let's hear the song Remember the Name that features Eminem and 50 Cent. Without a doubt, by any means, I grab my skinny jeans, I couldn't do anything. And I'm, I be spitting scenes of them when I'm spitting scenes. I love listening to Eminem. There's a reason. There's a reason. I just heard this on the radio recently, and I was like, Oh, they put it on that, the radio? Yeah. Was it really like, a single? Is that Sharon on that song? Yeah. That's crazy. So Ed Sharon is the second most globally streamed artist on Spotify, behind only Drake. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, which is amazing in, in itself, right? right? That, that's crazy. And is the most successful artist of the decade in the UK. It's pretty clear that he's destined for a long, long career full of success. So for our bonus material, I thought it would be fun to look at some famous bands and songs that employ the use of acronyms. Oh boy, we're not going to like, this is not an insurance company nonsense again, is it? I'm no, sorry. no insurance nonsense. <laughs> I shouldn't no, call no. it nonsense. Everybody needs insurance. <laughs> Check on your policies, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, this good. is going to be fun. But, uh, but if we're going to do this, right, I think we have to start out with a banger. A banger, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Lay it on me. You mean like, like this? Okay. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Woo! Little ACDC, one of the hardest rocking bands representing Australia. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So is this my turn now? Okay. I've got, I've got another artist that uses an acronym. Okay. Here's a hint. This guy is never afraid. To let the dog out. Well, uh, I, I know for sure that it's not my son because uh, he hates uh -oh. leaving his video games oh boy. Uh, to let the dog out. No, no, my friend. I am, <laughs> I am talking about 
DMX, which stands for Darkman X. Let's do it. Let's listen to one of his hits. That's his little Rough Riders anthem for you. Those first two words remind me of of possible album titles for Ed's future projects. (laughs) Stop, (laughs) drop, roll. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, well, now that we've had a couple of bangers, let's give them something smooth. Give me a song that says, I'm a lover. Not a fighter. Now, now, partner, I'm picking up what you're laying down. So how about this? Let me take it to the max. All right. Oh, no. I do not need to see that hip thrusting. But it is always a good time to play PYT or Pretty Young Thing from Michael Jackson's Thriller album. All right. Stop dancing. It's your turn. Come on. Back on the mic, buddy. Back on the mic. Let me catch my breath here. All right, man. Well, let's go hip-hop. Wu-Tang came out with a single back in 94 that illustrates the importance of money. Let's take a listen to Cream, a.k.a. Cash Rules Everything mm-hmm. Around Me. Let's do that. Tell him, Raekwon. Man. To have all the, oh, this makes you happy, I know. Oh my goodness! You know how many clubs I've been to? We just play this, just let it, yeah. just let it go. Yeah. All right, Todd, I got one more for you though. Hit me. This is from a band back in the day that had tons of hits, including this one, which happens to be one of my favorite songs to cover, and it's also kind of what happens after she's not a PYT anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. Yes. And their top ten hit. Evil woman. Yeah. I just love this track. This is a great summer driving tune. I like ELO a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Lynn is the man. Man. Well, unfortunately, man, I, I think that's all the time that we have oh, today. I thought we were just getting rolling with our acronyms. I know, I know. But why don't you tell the people what we what we covered today? Well, we connected the dots between the hits Shape of You by Ed Sheeran and No Scrubs by TLC. Our bonus material was a fun look at acronyms and music. So, all right, Tommy Toe, what do we have lined up for our next episode? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Okay, so I think it's time we open our eyes and spend some time in the light. Amen. Love is something that we all have in common. Okay, all right. I can get down with that. Sounds like a perfect episode as we head towards Valentine's Day. So until then, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time for Riffs on Riffs. Keep listening. Huzzah. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Isabel Robertson. Audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs.
This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.